Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Food is not the enemy. Your baby's symptoms and discomfort and, you know, whatever you're dealing with, that's kind of, that's the enemy, right? Like we don't want that, but we don't want food to be the enemy. And, and it's so key to kind of shift your mindset from thinking, um, I can't eat anything and I need to eliminate more and more and more foods to get to the bottom of this to thinking, you know what, I can use food to, um, to be empowering and to actually heal my baby. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Chris here, and today is the last episode in our Healthy Kids series, and this one is actually geared a little bit more towards the mamas. It is a combination of kiddos and mamas. Today, we are talking about navigating food allergies in kiddos, especially food allergies when we are breastfeeding mamas. As someone who was a nursing mama myself whose kiddos had food sensitivities and it took some time and elimination and stress to navigate them, this conversation is one that I needed to hear three years ago with my youngest daughter who struggled with eczema and she still struggles with eczema to some extent and we went through figuring out what foods were trigger- triggering her and what I could eat and what she could eat and it was it was a lot and one of the things that we talk about in this episode way beyond figuring out what the food sensitivities are or might be or going on an elimination plan or any of those things is our mindset 
when we have to make these changes. Having a mindset of wanting to feel good and being able to choose to feel good and choosing to look at food differently from a place of freedom, even when we do have to be restricted for a time when we are dealing with kiddos with food sensitivities. So If this is something that you or your kiddos have ever struggled with, whether you are a breastfeeding mama dealing with kiddos who have food sensitivities or food allergies or suspected ones especially, or you're dealing with your own gut issues and you might be dealing with an elimination plan to kind of try and figure out what's going on with you, I think this episode is going to be so, so encouraging for you. So today's guest is Michelle Beckner. She's a certified transformational nutrition coach and ex-chemical engineer who has breastfed three babies with food sensitivities. Michelle lives in the Rocky Mountains where she loves to explore the woods, cook, and drink all the tea. She's helped hundreds of moms and babies survive and thrive on elimination diets while resolving symptoms such as eczema, GI issues, and reflux. Friends, this episode was not just informative, but so, so encouraging. So I can't wait for you to dig in. We did have a few audio issues, so I did my best to piece things together. But like she said, Michelle lives in the mountains. So I do think that you will still be able to hear everything and get some incredible wisdom from this. I just wanted to to let you know that ahead of time, but I'm going to do my best to make it sound the best we can because I I know that this information is going to be so valuable to so many of you. So without further ado, here's my interview with Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. I am so happy to have you on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm so excited about our conversation today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I am just as excited as you are, I think. So I, we have so many things to talk about, but I would love to jump in with just a fun little icebreaker, even though we've already been talking for a few minutes, Mm -hmm. but I love to ask my guests, what do you drink first thing in the morning when you wake up? Ooh, that's a fun question. Well, I drink tea all day long. I'm drinking tea right now. (laughs) So other than, I guess I drink some water while my tea is waiting to boil. But other than that, I always, always start my day with tea and it's usually Earl Grey. I kind of follow my intuition on what I want, but it's almost always Earl Grey tea in the morning. It's like, it's like heaven to me. I love it. Oh, so cool. I love that because most of the people that I've talked to, it's either been water or coffee. So I love hearing Mm -hmm. from a tea drinker. I am definitely water and then coffee, but I drink tea Mm -hmm. all day long as well, especially in the wintertime. I'm in New England and I can see the snow outside right now. So uh, I love tea. It's so good. Oh, I love that. So I have already shared your bio with my listeners, but I would love if you could just start by sharing who you are and what you're passionate about bringing to the world. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like everybody, I'm a lot of things, right? Um, I'm a mom of three. I have a six, four and one year old. um, So they keep me busy. Um, I have a degree in chemical engineering, but I um, also am a certified nutrition coach. Um, What else about me? I am like a total tree hugger. Like I live up in the mountains in the middle of the woods and it's like heaven (laughs) to me to be able to look out and just, you know, see mountains and trees and um, not like hear or smell my neighbors or (laughs) anything. So that's a big part of me. Um, And, and yeah, what, what I, I I feel like I want to bring to this world is just a true understanding of how people's health is connected to the health of 
of our planet, right? So I don't talk about that like specifically in my business, but I feel like I'm doing my little piece of, you know, helping people, um, not just with like their physical health with like diet and stuff, but just um, feeling good in general, because that just helps improve our planet in general. So I'm like a total hippie (laughs) when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. So um, I'm waiting for my invitation to come and hang out at your middle of the nowhere house. (laughs) I love the mountains. So I live very close to the beach and I am very, very grateful for that. We actually live on an island. We're semi close to the mountains, but not as close as I would like to be. Like I would love to be in the mountains. So Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, to trade off because we are like an airplane ride away from the beach here. (laughs) But yeah. At least we've got the mountains, right? Yes. Oh, I love it. So I could not believe when we first chatted over the phone, we had a really great conversation. And when you told me that you were a chemical engineer, and it's funny because I had, you know, kind of looked you up on your website and learned what you were about a little bit. But for some reason, that kind of like slipped my awareness when I was first learning about you. And when you told me that you had been a chemical engineer, I'm like, ah, and then that now you work with moms with babies who have food allergies. I was like, oh my goodness. And I told you the story about my mother-in-law who is is a chemical engineer and she has been for several decades now. And in the 80s, when she had my husband and he was going through some digestive issues and some behavioral issues as a baby, really, they started when she was nursing him. She used her chemical engineer skills and knowledge to figure out that he had a really severe sensitivity to corn. And he still has to this day. It's just a lot, it's a lot more dampened just because he's got a a bigger body and he can tolerate more. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, I remember her telling me about this and having gone to nutrition school myself in the past, and you hear a lot about food allergies, but you don't hear about a lot of, I think you don't hear a lot when you're looking at the research or even when you're looking online, other than parents going like, give me an answer. You don't hear a lot of stories of parents really doing that investigative work. So she was kind of that first story that I heard of where she's like, no. And the doctor was almost like, okay, I mean, we'll figure it out together. But he was almost stumped and she ended up figuring it out. And so I love that you have also taken this past knowledge of chemical engineering and sort of taken a different path and chosen to work with parents or really moms specifically (laughs) whose babies have food allergies and food sensitivities. So can you just share a little bit more of your story and how you really got into the work that you do now. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's such a great story about your mother-in-law. And, you know, when I first tell people that I used to be a chemical engineer, it's like, it's kind of weird to say I used to be, because I still feel like I am right. They're like, wait a second, that doesn't fit. But I'm like, it really, it's like, cause you have that skill set of troubleshooting and problem solving. And that's like one of my favorite things about what I do is like, all right, let's dig into this. Let's figure out what's going on here. And I have that like engineering way of thinking to, to really figure things out. So it, it's really fun. Um, but let me see, let me start from like where it makes sense to start with my story, I guess. Um, so uh, I worked in the chemical industry as an engineer for almost 10 years. And um, I ended up probably the second half of of that decade, I was doing um, process safety. So things like making sure that people weren't being exposed to the chemicals um, and making sure that everything was like, was basically safe, right? Like nothing would go wrong in the, in the process. Um, And, and so from there, I learned a lot about like, 
about specific chemicals and what they do and why we need to be careful around them and all that kind of stuff. Right. So that was like part of my path away from chemical engineering. Um, and now I like my home is like almost like a chemical free home, <laughs> um, which is so like a lot of the moms that I work with have babies with um, like skin issues, right? Because of their sensitivity. So we dig into a lot of like what other products are using in the house. So that makes sense with it too. But I feel like, like a lot of moms, probably a similar story. Like if you're a working mom before you had kids, um, if you're not doing something you really love, then you really, really start thinking about what job you're going to every day, day in and day out, spending eight, nine, 10 plus hours at the job, right? Because you're like, I have these little baby, a little baby at home or multiple little babies at home. And time is so precious. Like I want to spend every minute of my time doing something that I feel like I love and is worthwhile, right? So I don't think I'm alone in, in that part of my story. Um, so after my first was born and I went back to work, that's when I started really thinking about like, okay, I don't love this. What do I love and what do I want to do? So I spent a lot of time really researching like, okay, do I want to go back to school um, and get another degree or <laughs> what do I want to do, right? Um, so I finally settled on... Um, deciding I wanted to be certified as a health coach. So I went back to school for that. And I um, graduated my health coaching program right around when my second was born, when my son was born. And at this time, I was still working um, as an engineer. I was working part-time at least. And then I was doing my um, coaching business kind of on the side. And it started out, even though my daughter, like with all this <laughs> going on, I found out my daughter had a dairy allergy. So I eliminated dairy from my diet. My son, it's like this whole nother story, but like he had dairy and egg allergy and that took a while to figure out. Um, so, you know, so I had that going on and then I had my health coach business going on and I knew I wanted to work with kids, moms and, and little kids. So I was working as a um, nutrition consultant at my kids daycare, which was kind of nice. They got to go to daycare for free. <laughs> I got to help out and make sure that all the little babies and toddlers there were, were eating well and, um, and so that was really, really fun. And then I like made this connection. I was like, okay, I am so in this world of food allergies and food sensitivities with my own life. I keep running into babies at daycare um, where I was working or the mom's group or wherever who also had food allergies and sensitivities. I'm like, why don't I do this? <laughs> why don't I help moms with this uh, for my coaching business? So I really started out just doing more like general um, children's nutrition and, and supporting mom and things like that, bottle feeding and breastfeeding and balancing that kind of stuff. Um, and then after maybe like about a year of that, I really dove into the um, breastfeeding babies um, with food, with food allergies and, and kind of took it from there. And then I, you know, along the way, I had a third baby a year ago. And um, yeah, I've learned so much between, um, you know, working as a health coach, having my three babies, um, and just, and working with other clients and everything, I've learned so much along the way. And it's been like such a really, really fun journey. And it's amazing to think like, um, how different it is from what I was doing like 10 plus years ago to what I'm doing now. And I love it so much more. So it's fun. Oh, that's so cool. And I love talking to other moms who are so passionate about what they do, you know, whether it is, moms who are just so passionate about being at home with their kids every day or moms who are passionate about being home with their kids and then also having another way that they are also serving the world. And what you're doing is such important work. Oh my goodness. I know that you know that we talk a ton about finding freedom with food here. And 
as someone who has navigated food sensitivities in both of my kiddos, my first who actually has the same food sensitivity as my husband, um, and uh, she's sensitive to corn. And it's not an anaphylactic allergy, but she's pretty highly sensitive to it. And just like him, it's gotten a little bit better. As she's gotten a little bit older, she can tolerate whole corn, but she can't do any processed corn or else it, she has a very severe neurobehavioral reaction. And she also has some digestive reactions to it as well. And then my youngest daughter, um, she's three now, but when I was nursing her, she was having all of these skin reactions. So she was having some eczema and we were trying to connect it, especially around the time of introducing first foods. But even when I was nursing, we were trying to figure out where it was coming from and try and solve it. And so I am right there with all of the mamas who are trying to navigate this place that you help so many moms with, with trying to figure out their baby's food allergies, but maybe feeling like they're in a place of wanting to have freedom with food, but then sort of being trapped by their baby's mm -hmm. food sensitivities and trying to figure that all out. And that's such a tough place to be because as mamas, we love our kiddos, right? And we want the best for them and we want to take care of them the best we can. But then we are also our own humans. And a lot of us, I know just working with the women that I work with, have a lot of past food-ish. <laughs> We've got stuff with mm -hmm. food and it can add another layer of stress to those early days of motherhood, I think. And then especially if you have other kids too who also have those food sensitivities, that's a lot. So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about how you help moms navigate. We'll talk about the babies in a couple minutes, but I want to just jump into giving moms some encouragement and just share with me how you help moms navigate finding that balance between what works for mom and trying to figure out what works for baby. Because I know that it can be so stressful, especially as you're starting to realize food might be an issue. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's so hard. And I talked to so many moms who um, like I hear all the time, I'll do anything for my baby. Right. And we all like all of us, of course, will do anything for your baby. Cause we just want our babies to be happy and healthy and feel good and sleep. Right. And be comfortable. Um, but then it gets to the point a lot of times where moms, um, kind of drive themselves crazy, trying to eliminate too many foods or feeling really guilty every time they eat something or worried and anxious. And then it starts to affect them physically, emotionally, all that kind of stuff. And then that's not what's best for your baby, right? If you're struggling, if you're struggling physically because you're not eating enough or not eating the right things or struggling emotionally because you're just like so stressed out about everything you're eating or every little, like every little spit up your baby has or every bad night your baby has, then like, then you're not doing what's best for your baby, right? So it's really, really kind of, there's so many mindset shifts that, that are like really important with this, but it's going back to like, what's best for me is what's best for my baby. And yes, we need to take into account, like there's certain foods that maybe we can't eat right now because they don't agree with baby, but that doesn't mean we need to um, make food the enemy, right? We don't need to make food hard. We don't need to make it the enemy. We don't need to just like, just like, like what you talk about all the time, like we don't need to feel guilty about what we're eating. We don't need to feel worried about like what we're deciding to eat. Um, and yeah, it gets a little bit more complicated when the baby's involved, but it's just kind of changing it from thinking that food is not the enemy. 
your baby's symptoms and discomfort and, you know, whatever you're dealing with, that's kind of, that's the enemy, right? Like we don't want that, but we don't want food to be the enemy. And, and it's so key to kind of shift your mindset from thinking, um, I can't eat anything and I need to eliminate more and more and more foods to get to the bottom of this to thinking, you know what, I can use food to, um, to be empowering and to actually heal my baby. So, um, so I, a lot of moms are kind of like, Oh my gosh, I never even thought of it that right way. I'm always thinking about what food should I not eat, but thinking about what foods can I eat and should I eat to help my baby feel better is like, you're still eating the same kind of stuff, but you're focusing more on like the good things that you can eat and how you're helping your baby um, by eating certain foods. So that's like a huge, huge key that a lot of moms don't, don't really realize when they're, you know, they just want to do anything (laughs) to help their baby feel better. Um, So then they kind of get down this little spiral of, um, you know, eating less and less and feeling worse and worse, but it doesn't need to be that way. Food can, food can help us. Food can help us feel better too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that food, not being the enemy and being something that they can use to heal their baby. And that so it's so in alignment with what I talk about. And my whole philosophy around balance is adding in the things that make us feel good instead of taking things away. Because when we focus on adding in things that make us feel good, then we are naturally going to crowd out the things that don't. However, when your baby has a food allergy, that's a little bit different. <laughs> we can still focus on the adding and the finding finding the foods that are still satisfying and make us feel good and also make our baby feel good, but shift that mindset to food from a place of healing and a place of helping instead of this like fear and guilt and food is the enemy, which Mm-hmm. I think so many of us have enough of that already. <laughs> we don't need to layer it on with our kiddos. Mm-hmm. So sure. yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like feeling so, so many of those feelings that I had with my daughter who had eczema because, and she actually still has eczema um, that pops up from time to time. And we haven't connected it with food specifically at this age, but I remember how much of a struggle it was to go, I've spent so many years on this journey to food freedom. And now here I am kind of back going, I'm taking these things away. But just that mindset shift would have helped me so much where it's not about Mm -hmm. taking things away, even though you are taking things away. It's about, okay, what can I eat in order to help to heal her in order to help to make her feel better? Sure. I would love to talk a little bit more about the baby specifically, because I wanted to start with that encouragement for moms who are going through this right now, who are like, but this is just all hard. (laughs) And then I want to go a little bit more practical. So where do you start with moms when, and you know what, maybe I'll have you go into, for moms who might not know, maybe some of the signs or signals that their baby might be struggling with a food sensitivity or a food allergy. Um, obviously, there are anaphylactic allergies, but there's also food sensitivities and food reactions that we might not know or, or symptoms that we might not know could be food reactions. I don't know if you could maybe kind of talk about some of those. And then I would love to talk a little bit about how we can start to go about figuring them out, um, kind of being our own investigators a little bit alongside, you know, our healthcare practitioners, but kind of Mm -hmm. being our own investigators in a really balanced way. So I know that was a lot, but I'm going to let you take it away. (laughs) Okay. That's good. Yeah. I think I can handle that. So, um, so yeah, 
um, some of the, the signs and symptoms to, to look out for when, when it could be a food sensitivity, I, I kind of look at it as, as there being um, different levels. So there's some that are pretty much a surefire sign that there's something going on. And that's um, usually um, like GI issues, like mucusy poop or blood in your poop. Like that's definitely go see a doctor, but they'll probably recommend starting with maybe cutting dairy or, or maybe even getting further testing. Like every doctor is kind of different. So that's like, that's a pretty surefire sign. Like if there's something going on with baby's poop, um, if you kind of go down from there, um, as you mentioned, eczema, and I work with a lot of moms whose babies have eczema or some sort of skin issues, or even like, like a lot of times doctors will say it's, it's baby acne, but if it's baby acne, that's been around for like months, <laughs> then it's probably not baby acne. Um, and that's something that um, could be maybe not even necessarily like a food sensitivity, but it could food could be a part of it, right? So like working on your diet could help you um, kind of get to the bottom of healing baby skin. And then sort of like the least, um, the lowest level, I guess you can, you can think of it as is um, if baby's just like generally discomfort or generally uncomfortable or, um, or they, they're like refluxy or is spitting up a lot or gassy or just usually mom is just like, I know this isn't normal. <laughs> usually mom is like, my baby is not happy and there's something going on. Um, it could be a food sensitivity. It could also mean, um, so I always recommend when it's th this case to go see a lactation consultant if you haven't yet, because it could just mean baby's latch isn't great, or it could mean um, you have an oversupply, or it could mean that one of many things that I can't <laughs> tell you, but a lactation consultant would be able to tell you. And yeah, again, maybe like tweaking your diet a little bit could help, um, but it also could be something else. So those are like sort of the main the main things that, that we look out for. Does that all make sense together? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that it's not always the food either, because I think oftentimes we like go straight to the food and we assume that we're doing something wrong. And I mean, moms are, are never doing anything wrong. We're doing the best that we can. Right. But I know that, you know, for me, we figured out that food was definitely a component of it, but we also had some issues nursing and latching and um, taking an extra air and things like that. And that can um, definitely cause gassiness and things like that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that food could definitely be part of it, but then it also could be other things too. So to kind of explore all of those areas. Right, for sure. And I think a lot of times moms go to food first because it's something that we can control so easily. Mm -hmm. Right. We can just be like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat that. But then again, it can bring you in this spiral of, um, of not eating the right things or not eating enough or always feeling worried or guilty or anxious, always questioning yourself. I mean, we've all, <laughs> we've all done it. I've even with my third baby and I like teach this to moms. I'm still like, sometimes if she has a bad night, I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what it was that I ate. <laughs> and I have to remind myself, like, it's not always the food. <laughs> Well, that makes me feel a lot better because that was that was definitely me with both of my babies. And I think sometimes knowledge is power. And then sometimes knowledge can also be something that is, you know, can hurt us a little bit because mm -hmm. especially we, we know that this could be a possibility. It's really easy to spiral to that place, but it could be part of it, but it doesn't mean it's the end of the world either. And so um, I, I would love to hear more of your tips of like, okay, so you might recognize some of these symptoms in baby. You might've started to explore, okay, could it be, and we're talking about 
nursing specifically here when we're talking about things like latch issues. But I mean, there's always a possibility that if your baby is bottle fed, it could be that, you know, they're taking in too much air from the bottle or, you know, drinking too much at once or whatever. There's other issues too. And those are definitely things that we could explore, I'm sure. Um, But when it comes to going, okay, I'm pretty sure I've narrowed it down to it probably being a food sensitivity. How do we start to investigate that? What what are the kind of like the low hanging fruit? Where would they where would they even start with that if they start noticing maybe some of those low level symptoms? Because obviously, like you said, if they're those high level symptoms, if they're seeing scary things, go to the doctor immediately. But what if it's those low level things where you're like, I'm pretty sure I've eliminated those other things. I think it's food. Where do they even start? Yeah. And that's, that's a really good question because it can feel really overwhelming and kind of scary. And then, you know, a lot of times moms are like, well, I don't even know, like if, or, you know, it's either, I don't really want to change my diet unless I know for sure it's going to help, or maybe they did change their diet and they're still not sure if it's helping. So that makes it harder. Right. Um, so I think one good thing to start with is just looking at it as an experiment, right? It's not like, like a death sentence. It's not the do all end all, like this is going to ruin your life. Um, but it's just an experiment. So rather than, um, then, and, and it's different for everybody, right? So, um, sometimes like it's, it just feels right to just eliminate. Usually dairy is the first food that we go for because it's the most common. Um, and usually, or sorry, sometimes a mom will be like, you know what, I feel like I can do this. I'm good to go. And then it's like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it for four or six weeks and see if it makes a difference, see how you're feeling, you know, kind of check in then. Um, so some moms kind of have that, that mindset towards it and they're like, good to go. Let's do it. That's great. Um, if you are feeling like a little bit more anxious or unsure or just overwhelmed or just don't know (laughs) where to start, um, then just look at it as an experiment maybe even just put it on what, what I call when I work with clients are suspect list. So whatever food that, that you feel like might be, um, bothering baby. And I'll talk about in a second of how to kind of decide that, um, put it, put it on a suspect food list. So don't necessarily, um, completely eliminate it. Just start paying attention to it. Right. Um, don't it again, some moms love doing food journals. Um, I personally am not a big fan of them because I feel like you already have enough going on <laughs> being a nursing mom and you're trying to eat a lot and you're eating throughout the day or like bites here and there. So sometimes food journals can be a little overwhelming too. So you don't need to like do these huge steps unless they feel right for you. Um, but again, just put, put this food on your suspect list and start noticing it, start paying attention to it. Um, uh, but don't let it drive you crazy. And I know it's much easier <laughs> said than done. And that's why like I work with people through this kind of stuff. Um, but look at it as an experiment and do what, do what you feel like you can handle at the moment. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Do what you can handle because I'm over here going, I was the mom with the spreadsheet. Um, (laughs) I joke that I have spreadsheets for my spreadsheets, which isn't even really a joke. Um, But I was definitely the mom who, and it's just, it's part of my personality. It's why I struggled with food for so many years. But wanting to do the best for our kids can sometimes turn us into crazy people for a while. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I love the idea of having that kind of suspect list instead of, you know, we have to take out all of these all at once and figure it out. Um, Something that I was wondering, though, is, is your approach one of 
And I'm just kind of curious, do you recommend moms go, okay, there are these three foods that I suspect and taking all three of those foods out? Or is it kind of a one at a time type of approach? Like you would start with dairy and then how can you tell if it is helping your baby? And when do you know to take something else out? When do, I know that you probably do full elimination protocols, but I just kind of want to get a feel for how that might work for the mom who's listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually, I, I kind of do it differently than a lot of elimination diets um, protocols are. And, and I don't really do a full elimination protocol just because, you know, being a nursing mom, it's like, again, we really, really want to balance mom's health. So um, unless again, you know, we're having serious symptoms and we like know for sure we need to eliminate things. Um, I think it's so much easier on mom. And again, it's like every mom is different. So sometimes, you know, I like to kind of get a feel for what we feel like is going to work. Um, but I usually like to suggest doing one food at a time, looking at it like an experiment. Once you get really comfortable, like, like I said, usually dairies first, once you feel really comfortable with that and, you know, maybe baby's symptoms got a little bit better, maybe they didn't get better at all. Um, then that's when we start thinking about like, okay, what is the next food? And the way I, I like to approach this is, um, really having mom trust her intuition. So mm-hmm. I always, always ask mom, even though like if sometimes they just feel so out of whack and so overwhelmed, but then like at least 90% of the time when I ask mom, what do you think it is? Or do you think there's something else that's bothering baby? Almost always mom will be like, you know what? I really kind of feel like it's eggs. I really kind of feel like it's these tortilla chips I'm eating or, you know, like mom almost always knows what it is. Mm. If she just takes that little bit of time to kind of get quiet with herself and listen to her intuition rather than like Googling or asking on Facebook groups, like what everyone else's experiences get in touch with what you kind of feel like it is. And usually that you're right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So important. We have that mama instinct and we have Mm -hmm. that intuition for ourselves. So I love that you take that approach first. And I love that you have that approach of kind of one one thing at a time, because it can be, we're already overwhelmed as nursing moms, as new moms. So we're already overwhelmed. I'm curious. Um, and this is something that I, I, I almost feel like I should know, and <laughs> maybe I do, but does everything transfer over in breast milk or are there things that we know are probably just not going to be the issue? Is it kind of like, it could be absolutely anything we're eating or are there, I know that there are more likely allergens. Um, but are there foods that transfer over into breast milk and, um, that might be different than when baby's starting first foods and might have reactions that way? Um, yes, yes. And no, I guess. Um, so, so I think just real quick, we kind of need to understand like what our breast milk is made of, right? So it's basically the macronutrients, right? Protein, fat, and carbs, So those are the sort of things you can't change, like the amount of protein or the amount of fat or the amount of carbs or sugars, um, in, in your milk, but you can change the types according to what you eat. Mm. So, and with food allergies and food sensitivities, it's the protein in the food Mm -hmm. that, um, that babies or, you know, people are, are reacting to so that whatever you're eating, the proteins from that food will transfer through your breast milk. And that's what would be causing, um, like whatever sort of, um, symptoms you're seeing in baby. Um, then, then there is, 
you know, there's kind of a myth, which I see, you know, with like spicy food or um, like those like gassy vegetable kind of things, mm-hmm. um, because those sort of, especially like with, with the gassy vegetables, let's talk about those. So, you know, if, if people eat those, like if mom eats, um, we'll say like cauliflower, right. And then she feels kind of gassy from it. That is the result of like the actual, like digestive process that's going on in mom's mm-hmm. gut. Right. So that would be different. Um, then what's it, or I should say it could be different in babies in baby's tummy. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. And yeah, knowing that about food allergies and protein or sensitivities and, and the proteins that makes total sense. And I know that that's true about like the fatty acid content of our breast milk. You can't change the amount of fat in breast milk, but mm-hmm. getting more omega threes will transfer more over to baby things like that. So that makes so much sense. And I'm glad you brought up that myth of, um, cause I, I hear that a lot too. It's like, well, I can't eat any of these type of vegetables. And it's just like huge long list of vegetables that may mm-hmm. at one point have made you gassy. And it's like, no, we're gonna <laughs> do, do what's right for you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we can explore one at a time for baby, but, um, um, yeah, no, thank you for that. So something that I've heard you talk about that I love and I think more moms need to hear is some of your tips for feeling good when you are on an elimination plan. Because I know that none of us really want to be on an elimination plan. And we already talked about, you know, feeling that maybe that we aren't as free when we are eliminating foods for baby, but we want the best for our baby. So we're shifting our mindset to we're doing this to help baby. It's not forever. Um, and kind of shifting our mindset there. But when we're actually eliminating foods and trying to figure out what works for baby, I know that I have been on elimination plans in the past for myself as well as for my kids, and it can be really rough. So what are your best recommendations if mom is eliminating foods, even if it's one at a time, how mm-hmm. can she feel good? Yeah. And that's a great question. It's something that I, I t- feel like I talk about over and over and over again, because it's like, okay, let's not pretend or let's, yeah, let's not pretend that it's not hard because like you said, it's hard. <laughs> it's like, it's tough, right? I mean, being a mom is tough. Being a new mom is tough. And on top of that, having to be on elimination diet, it's all really hard, but that doesn't mean it needs to feel hard. Right. Um, so I think, um, and like, like what I was saying before, changing your mindset that, you know, food is not the enemy. And yes, there's maybe certain foods that we can't eat right now. Um, but think of all like the, how empowering, empowering it is that we can actually use food to help us feed and help us heal baby too. So going back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, thinking more about what foods we include in our diet that can help me versus what foods we can't have in our diet is sort of like, the first step. So yeah, I mean, we're not pretending like this isn't hard, but it doesn't mean that we can't decide to feel good at least most day. Well, we can decide to feel good every day and maybe that won't happen. Right. But we can at least decide we want to feel good no matter how hard things are with like everything going on in life. Um, we can still decide that we want to feel good. So then sort of the next step from there is what does good feel like to you? right? So we we all want to feel good every day, right? But what does good feel like to you? Is it feeling confident as a mom or even just like deciding what to eat? Um, Is it feeling calm and relaxed and patient with your kids and with yourself? Is it feeling fun and energized? Like what does good feel like to you? Um, Pick like a few words, like write them down to remind yourself, this is how I want to feel every day. And maybe some days you won't get, get there. That's okay. 
but it doesn't mean that you can't at least um, remind yourself, this is how I want to feel. And just even telling yourself, this is how I want to feel every, like if you wake up every morning and remind yourself that um, you don't even like, you can just stop there. Like you don't even need to do anything to try to feel that way, but just tell yourself, Hey, I want today to feel fun. And then maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it's much better than waking up and saying like, I don't know what to eat for breakfast. Oh my gosh. I don't know um, why the baby didn't sleep last night. Right. It's like waking up, starting your day. um, And you can do this at any point in the day, right? You can reset at any point in the day, remind yourself how you want to feel. So, and I know a lot of moms like to hear the practical advice, right? Like get recipes. What do you eat for breakfast? What do you have for snacks? What do I make my whole family for dinner when some of them can't eat this and some of them want to eat that and whatever it is. I mean, all that practical stuff is great and super, super helpful. But if you don't change how, or like pay attention to how you're feeling every day and how you want to feel every day, then every day might still be kind of sucky, right? Even if you have all the recipes and the meal plans and everything, um, if you're not reminding yourself that you can feel good with all this, then it can still kind of suck. Yeah. It still feels like a burden. Even exactly. of all the mm-hmm. tools. Yeah. It, tools aren't everything. That mindset is so important. Oh my gosh. I love that you keep bringing it back to that because I, I so could have used this three years ago when I was going through all of this with, with my three-year-old. And you know, I think even though I did have a lot of the knowledge, um, certainly not as much as you do, but I did have a lot of the knowledge. There was so much of that, like, this is just so hard, but making that intentional mindset shift or making the intentional choice to shift our mindset is so, so huge. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know a little bit of the practical side of things, because I know you've talked um, on social media about maybe some of your favorite foods and favorite um, alternatives and things like that for moms who I know that you're you have uh, two of your kiddos are dairy free. Um, And so you've dealt personally with some food sensitivities in your house. Do you have some good tips for helping moms who have babies with food sensitivities and do need to make changes feel less restricted, especially when it comes to their food choices? Do you have resources or a place where they can go and go, okay, these are the foods that I can eat so they can find more of that freedom with those food sensitivities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like I have a lot to say about this. So I'll try to pick like my best, my best tips here. Um, But first of all, don't ever, ever start an elimination diet without being prepared. So don't just decide like, all right, tonight we're doing it. Like we're going dairy free um, and like not have any of the um, like anything in the house that will support that. Or maybe not having like a cookbook that you like that can be dairy free or whatever. Like at least um, and I, I'm, I'm told, I'm sure there's a lot of people like this, but I'm the person, like, once I make a decision, like I am all in, like I'm going for it right now. Right. But it'll be so much easier if you just take a little bit of time, um, plan out like some meals for the week, find a cookbook that you like, maybe find like a friend or an aunt or somebody who's done dairy free before and talk to them. Um, and just like, and prepare yourself and set yourself up for success, right? Maybe talk to your family or your support system, whoever it is, and, you know, just say like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how I can get support from you. Um, but just like setting yourself up for success is the place to start, right? So don't start going dairy-free or eliminating a food when you have it like all over in your house. <laughs> That's going to be really hard. Um, 
And then the next thing, like a little bit more practical than that, um, like specifically with going dairy free, a few sort of like staples that I like to have in the house. First of all, remember, um, if, if, if your diet isn't like, uh, based on a lot of real whole foods, then that's kind of where we'll want to like start shifting towards, because that's where it's going to get much easier rather than trying to read labels and look like learn how to spot allergies on labels and find allergy friendly um, processed foods and spending all this money on them. So um, we'll want to like at least start to know that, okay, it'll probably be a little bit easier if we start shifting towards more um, real foods, right? And that doesn't happen overnight. Um, but some other like things I like to have in the house, one of them is nutritional yeast, I call it nooch. And it is like magic, <laughs> we call it sprinkle cheese in our house. So dairy free cheese, um, I usually steer people away from that because it's like totally not worth it. It doesn't it doesn't fill the, the need for cheese. <laughs> but nutritional yeast is like, really, really great to have in your pantry. It has that yummy cheesy flavor, you can make like dairy-free cheese sauces with it. You can just sprinkle it on pasta or on toast or, you know, whatever it is, um, popcorn. Um, and it has that really great cheesy flavor. So I def definitely recommend picking up some nutritional yeast if you're going dairy-free. Um, another one of my favorite dairy-free um, foods to have on hand is um, coconut yogurt or some sort of dairy-free yogurt. My personal favorite um, is uh, is coconut yogurt and they make like a unsweetened vanilla flavor. So there's no added sugar and it's yummy. And we eat a lot of that. Um, but yeah, those are like my main, uh, dairy free, like pantry staples. Otherwise it's just, um, you know, trying to shift away from the packaged foods because not all, I mean, we, we all kind of know that the processed packaged foods aren't what's best for us. Right. But then, especially when you're on an elimination diet and you're dealing with allergies, just add so much complication to it, having to learn how to read labels. And, um, you know, I have a lot of resources to teach you how to read labels and things like that when you're looking for allergies, but it's nice when you can avoid it. Right. And then it costs more money and, you know, it just adds a lot of complications. So just, um, kind of knowing like that is the way to make things easier and less expensive um, is, is another another good tip of mine. Yeah, keeping it simple, I think, is exactly. so huge. And I think that moms who are used to eating a lot of more packaged foods can find it overwhelming to switch to more real whole foods. But when you think about it, you're just cooking with ingredients. Instead of digging through the ingredients on a package, you're just cooking the ingredients. And it doesn't have to be hard, especially if you're keeping it simple. Um, I know you mentioned nutritional yeast, which like we love nutritional yeast in our house and we're not dairy free. Mm -hmm. um, we don't eat a ton of dairy. I have IBS and it doesn't feel that great in my body to eat it a ton. I love it, but it's kind of an occasional thing for me. So I make this um, cashew cream sauce that we call it cashew cream sauce. We turn it into cashew alfredo. We turn it into like a, a kind of a macaroni and cheese type sauce. And my kids like it better than homemade mac and cheese. And neither of them are dairy free but they ask for it every single week. I have to like mm -hmm. suggest something different. So we're not eating the same thing every week. And it's basically, um, so obviously this doesn't work with nut allergies or sensitivities, but it's cashews, nutritional yeast, lemon juice, sea salt. And then to make it an Alfredo, we do some uh, garlic powder and onion powder, but that's, and then some water. That's basically mm -hmm. it. It's so simple and really easy to make in the blender. And it's one of those dairy-free options that I've turned so many of my friends onto because they're like, oh, I miss like the creamy pasta and things like that. And I'm like, like, oh my gosh, try the cashew cream sauce. You will not mm. believe that 
simple ingredients can turn into something really delicious. I think it's so important to have those alternatives and not stress yourself out so much with reading all of the packages. I know that when my oldest was um, diagnosed with her corn sensitivity, there are so many packaged kids' foods that have corn in them. And I just found myself eventually just going, okay, what are the foods that have the fewest ingredients <laughs> that I don't have to dig through the ingredients? And, and we eat lots of real whole foods anyway. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm all about balance, but we know that those are the type of foods that are generally more nutrient dense. So we eat a lot of those. And I did, I found myself with like, she has her few packaged kid snacks that she loves. And from there, you know, we, we try to just eat more simple foods just because it's easier. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about her not feeling good. And like, that's so hard as a mom. We don't need to add extra stress to our mom life. So I'm with you on that. (laughs) And you know, it's so funny you talk about your cashew cream sauce and the kids love it for mac and cheese because I have a cauliflower uh, cheese sauce Mm. um, and it's similar with nutritional yeast and cauliflower. And, um, and and my kids are the same way. That is like their favorite food of all time is my cauliflower, dairy-free cauliflower mac and cheese. And they want it, like you said, (laughs) every single week. And sometimes so like Monday is pasta night usually at our house. And so usually we'll do the mac and cheese, but not always. And if I don't, like I always, I always get in trouble by my kids because that's all they want. So it's so funny. (laughs) Kids are the same way. It's such good stuff, that nutritional yeast. Oh, I love that. So is your cashew, not cashew cream, your cauliflower cream sauce, is it also nut-free? It is. Yes. And oh I my do gosh. Have, yeah. Do you have the I recipe sh- that you can share? I totally do. Yeah. It's part of, it's in my free member resources, but I, I mean, I have it all over the place so I can share it with you guys. Um, I would love yeah, it. it's again, it's super simple and, um, and you just make it in a blender and it's, yeah, it's dairy free and nut free. It's yeah, completely allergen free. I think sometimes I put hemp seeds in the, in it just for like some extra protein. But yeah, oh, that's so good because I've had a few questions from just my own readers. Like, well, this sounds great and it's dairy free, but I'm also nut free. And so I would love your recipe for that. So we will put that in the show notes for sure. I'll put mine in the show notes too, if they do want a nut option. But I mean, I am, I'm excited to try yours. I will definitely try yours, your recipe as well. Cause we go through a lot of nutritional yeast in our house. Mm -hmm. I also love it on popcorn. We don't do a lot of popcorn in our house because we have the corn sensitivities, um, but I like it personally. And like coconut mm-hmm. oil and nutritional yeast, sorry, oh, yeah. getting into the foodie world right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love it. It's not even dinner time yet. And I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> For sure. So I would love to talk about the importance of, and we've talked a lot about mom today and we've talked about baby and we've talked about starting to explore those food sensitivities. And if they want to, they want to learn more about that, then they have the resource of talking to you because it's so individual. It's really hard to generalize at all about baby's food sensitivities. So I didn't want to dig too deep into that because this is ultimately a podcast for the mama. And I want to talk about the importance of taking care of mom during this food sensitivity navigation process. Because I firmly believe that the better we take care of ourselves, the better we can take care of the people around us. So what are your best tips for moms to take care of themselves when they're just so concerned about their little ones and kind of navigating these food sensitivities and allergies? Right. Yeah. And I think this is so important. I'm so glad that we're talking about it. And I think the first thing is, I mean, we hear it over and over and over again as moms, like no matter in what context, 
but we it's because we constantly need this reminder that it is do it is so important for us to take care of ourselves because that's what makes us the best moms for our babies, right? And and she's just best people to be out in the world, right? Um, so I think I think we know that, but we just always need to be reminded of how important that is. And I'm sure, like I know for me, if I'm not um, like doing the things that, that I need to do that are simple things, you know, like maybe getting up five minutes before the kids or maybe having like a little bit of quiet time before dinner or whatever it is. If I don't do those things, you better bet I'm going to be like way less patient with the kids and my family and everybody. Right. So I think we all notice that, but it's just, it's one thing to, to know it and another thing to practice it. Right. Um, So I think, again, starting with how you want to feel, getting really, really clear on like, what does feeling good look like for you? And then a few other, a few other tips, and you know, I'll, I can make this into um, a guide for your readers, Um, a bunch of, I have seven tips to, to feeling good and taking care of yourself, right? So one thing is take responsibility, right? And it, it seems kind of like, mean. I'm like, Hey, you take responsibility and it's all your fault. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say, but just noticing when, um, when it kind of, when it's coming from you, right? Like when, when you're not taking care of yourself, not because other people are getting in your way or other circumstances are getting in your way, but because you're getting in your own way. And I feel like, I know I do this, (laughs) like an example that I do probably too often is instead of just simply asking for help, which is totally a a form of self-care and taking care of myself, right? Instead of just asking for help when I have a lot to do, I'll just like make a big show of like how busy I am and like how messy the house is and blah, 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 blah. Because I don't know, it like makes me feel like I'm a better mom. Like, no, right? Um, So just taking responsibility and realizing where are you getting in your own way and how can you help yourself, right? And that's that's self-care. How can you help yourself um, feel good every day? How can you ask for help? How can you um, get that support system around you so you can take those breaks when you need them or you can you know, do whatever it is that helps make you feel good? Um, another thing is setting boundaries, which is another thing that I try to practice a lot that I need to practice. Um, other people's energy. So if someone in my house is in a bad mood, it can be really easy for me to kind of take that on. And then it, and then it spreads, right? So like one person, my, my son's in a bad mood. So then it puts me in a bad mood. Then it puts my daughter in a bad mood. Then it puts my husband in a bad mood and it spreads, right? So another reason why it's so important to take care of yourself, because when mom's not taking care of herself, it spreads throughout the family, right? So setting those boundaries and knowing that your energy is your own. Again, you want to feel good. You're feeling good. Yeah. Maybe someone else in your family is not feeling so good, but you can come to them from your place of your own little energetic boundary and like support them without getting down to feeling kind of crappy, like, like they are at that moment. Right. Um, okay. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll take a no, breath. I'm, I'm just basically nodding along. We had to turn off our video so you can't see me over here, but I would look like a bobblehead doll over here. I'm going, <laughs> yes, to all of this. No, continue. I'm just going, okay. yes, boundaries are so important. And I love the idea of those energetic boundaries. Cause I think right. that that is something that as moms, oftentimes we do feel like, you know, like you said, 
our energy is often the energy of the house. But then if we're taking on everyone else's, you know, bad moods or grumpy mornings or whatever, then everything feels off. So we can Mm -hmm. create those boundaries. And, and I think we are so often like the heart of our home and starting with from that place of how do I want to feel like you said, and allowing yourself to feel good and to have those boundaries is, is so, so huge, but I'll let you continue. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, it, and it, it can be really simple and I don't know, I hope I'm not like diverging from the question that you asked me, but um, you know, it's this kind of stuff can be so simple and it doesn't need to be complicated. And I always say like, this isn't another thing to add to your to-do list and stress you out even more. Like, oh my God, now I need to take care of myself, like and put that on the list, right? Like, no, this isn't your to-do list. This is your life. Like, and you want to enjoy your life. So don't make it, don't think of it as like another thing that needs to be checked off. Find a way to make it simple that it's just a part of your life that you're taking care of yourself. Because like we're saying, it spreads throughout the family, right? And I, let me like go on, I don't know, a little bit of a tangent here, but sometimes I'll talk to moms and they'll say like, you know, my baby's skin just flared up or my baby GI symptoms just flared up. And I swear I've been so careful with my diet and this and this and this and that. And then, so I'll like, you know, I'll ask them a few questions and then say, well, one of my questions is, well, are you, have you been stressed lately? And a lot of the times mom will be like, well, yeah, you know, we just moved or my husband just quit his job or, um, but how does that affect baby? like, oh my gosh, your energy, right? Like you were saying, your energy is felt by everybody in your house and especially your baby. And if you're nursing, like you guys are so connected, like energetically and, you know, in many, many ways, but your baby can feel your energy. And again, don't make this as another thing to stress you out. Like, oh my gosh, now I need to be like super calm and like the perfect mom and and feel good all the time because now it's affecting my baby. But just being aware of like, this is why it's so important. And this is why it's so important to just make it a part of your life to take care of yourself and to focus on feeling good because it helps everybody around you feel good too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I am a hundred percent with you on that. We actually had um, a guest speaker in my membership community earlier this week, actually it was yesterday morning. And she was talking, um, Sarah Dalton from a simply big life and the, uh, your simply big life podcast. She's a friend and she's incredible. And she talks about productivity for moms, but she talks about kind of a balance of peace and productivity. And so she was talking about managing our energy as moms and, it was so revealing to me, like the areas she talked about our physical energy, but then our emotional energy, our mental energy, our spiritual energy, and like how we can manage all of those as a whole. And she had us kind of rate them. And even as somebody who has done a lot of work on making sure that I am taking care of myself so I can show up well for the people around me, for my clients, for my kids, for you know everyone that I'm, I'm showing up for. And somebody who am working on boundaries um, in my home, outside my home, it was still so revealing going, okay, there's still more work that I can do and there's still more ways that I can take care of myself. And I still think that self-care gets a bad rap and we just tend to brush it off as like, well, yeah, 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 I'm supposed to take care of myself, but I don't have enough time. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, we make it a bigger deal than it is a big deal, but we make it um, harder than it needs to be. And but we don't make it as important as it is. I think if that makes sense, that's how I feel like we don't prioritize it. That's a good way of 
thinking of it, at least in my head. We don't prioritize it. We decide that it's going to be too much or too hard. And we forget how much of an impact it has on the rest of our family when we don't take care of ourselves well. So no, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Yes. Yeah. I love it. That's great. So I'm wondering if you have some final words of encouragement for the mom who is navigating food sensitivities while breastfeeding and just wanting to feel less stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's big, right? Like, you know, hopefully, hopefully after listening to, to this conversation, you feel a little bit less, less stressed, but it's, it's big and it's not something that's going to, um, you know, all of a sudden one day, like everything's going to be perfect and beautiful and calm and and wonderful. Um, so I think, you know, just noticing that and accepting that, you know, it takes time and it takes practice. Right. Um, but this has been a really great conversation. I feel like we've covered a lot from like the practical tips, like how to get started, what to look for nutritional yeast, (laughs) but get that in your pantry. Right. And, um, but so much of it is, is the mindset piece and deciding to feel good. Um, so I think maybe my final, my final words of encouragement for, for any mom, you know, take, take what you heard today. If you feel like you're in this position, um, either you feel like your baby might have some sort of sensitivity or you're already dealing with one, um, just know that things are going to be hard, right? Days are, day, life is hard, especially when you have young kids, right? But just know that um, you can do it. You can, you can do this. There are so many resources out there. You, I'm, look, find your support system, right? We didn't even talk about how important that it, it is to have a support system, um, but just trusting yourself. We talked a little bit about trusting your intuition, right? Trusting yourself, having a support system, knowing that it's a journey, setting yourself up for success, like all these little things um, are like your foundation and they can build you up to be able to, to navigate this and feel better. And a lot of times I'll hear from moms, like, I am so glad that I had to go dairy free because I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about caring for my baby. I've learned so much about how to eat better. Um, so it's a journey. And sometimes when you're in it, it feels like, it feels like it's just, there's no way out. Right. But you'll get there. You will get there. It's not going to feel like this forever. And everything that we talked about today are all like, take whatever pieces you feel like you need. um, And they're all like little steps that'll get you towards, towards the light at the end and you can do it. Oh my gosh, Michelle. Thank you so, so much. This has been so, so encouraging. And I know I mentioned this before, but one of my top requests that I got when I asked my listeners what they wanted to hear more about was more topics on kids, on babies, um, for moms as a whole, and kind of beyond just what I talk about in finding balance with food. And you also talk about finding balance with food, but in this very specific area for moms of babies with food sensitivities. But it really, it's brought me back to this place where I was, this place of stress and overwhelm in the early stages. We had a baby sleep expert that I talked to last week. That episode is going to be coming out in a few weeks after, after your episode airs. And I'm thinking about all of this stress that I had 
as a young mom and even a second time mom. And I'm just so grateful for you and the work that you do and, and all the guests you've been on who have made me go, oh my gosh, I needed you three years ago. Because I know that if I needed you three years ago, just like you probably needed yourself a few years ago, this mm. is going to help so many moms. So I'm just so grateful for the work that you do. I have a couple fun little rapid fire questions, but before we get to those, I just want to make sure that you share a little bit more about where my listeners can connect with you. I know you talked about having a support community. And so I would love you to share some of the resources that you have for them and how they can connect with you. For sure. Yeah. So I'll start with my support community. Um, That's where I spend a lot of my time. Most of my time is um, I have a a group on Facebook um, called Dairy Free Breastfeeding, Surviving and Thriving. And we have, I don't know, I think at at least 15,000 moms in there. And it's just like such a beautiful, beautiful place to be. So that's a really, really great place to find me and to be able to actually um, interact with me personally and learn from me. Um, So definitely go find me there. If you are um, a breastfeeding mom with uh, who has a baby with food sensitivities, or even if you're thinking your baby might Um, another great place to go, of course, my website, MLB family wellness, Dot com. I have, um, so from there you can find, I have a bunch of free member resources. So I have like a, a dairy free starter toolkit. So if you're thinking about going dairy free, it has like all the questions and like everything you need to do to set yourself up for success. It's super helpful. And then, um, for your listeners, I'll put together, I have like seven steps to feel good on an elimination diet that, you know, we kind of went through some of that. So, um, I put together like a special little, um, little sheet workbook kind of thing for, for your listeners. So they can go download that. Um, I'll, I'll give you the website. We can put it in the, in the show notes um, and they can download that and, um, and kind of work through that. Like a lot of the stuff that we talked about on your call or on our call, on our conversation. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yes. I will put all of those links in the show notes. That sounds like an amazing community. I'm, I'm sure so many moms who have listened to this are going to go hop into your community and dig into your resources. So that is, that is so great. And I'm, thank you so much for the freebie too. I love when my guests give freebies that are, are special for, for my listeners. Um, so I have three fun little rapid fire questions because as you know, we love to share food in a way that is joyful and balanced here in the Healthy Balanced Mamas community. So my first question is, what is your favorite thing to cook? You know, this gets me so excited just thinking about it because I love to cook. (laughs) But my absolute favorite meal to cook and to eat and to feed people is just like a super, super simple um, roasted whole chicken. Mm -hmm. I am like not shy about the fact that I think I make like the best roast chicken that Mm -hmm. anyone will ever have. (laughs) So I like doing that with just like a ton of veggies on the side. Like I love doing like sauteed greens and mushrooms or like some roasted veggies or just like loaded up with all kinds of veggies on the side of, of my yummy, yummy roast chicken. It's like my absolute favorite thing to do. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that is oftentimes like a very similar version of that is oftentimes our Sunday dinner. I love doing a whole chicken on Sunday because we can have it for dinner and then we have leftovers during the week. And we will also do it oftentimes with sauteed greens and a bunch of roasted veggies. So that's awesome. (laughs) Love it. So then what is your favorite thing to order or have someone cook for you when you get the night off? This is a good question. Cause I feel like I like to cook so much that I, it's like kind of rare that I'm not in the mood to cook. Um, so really whenever I'm not in the mood to cook for anybody to like bring me food or to cook me food always feels really, really nice. Um, but man, 
Um, my husband's not like the best cook. Hopefully he won't listen to me. <laughs> oh, let me think. Okay. So this is my favorite thing to have somebody cook for me because it's not, it's not my husband's food. <laughs> my mom makes my absolute favorite split pea soup with like some fresh homemade sourdough bread. Oh my mm. gosh. That is just like comfort food. Like to have my mom, like serve me a steaming bowl of my favorite split pea soup with her homemade sourdough bread. That is like, it doesn't get better than that. Oh my gosh. That sounds incredible. That's total comfort food. I'm getting hungry. (laughs) I know. So am I. (laughs) So my last and final question is what does your beautiful balance mean to you? I love this question. And, you know, I think, I feel like I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's just whatever makes me feel good. Right. So it's not always the same. Like, you know, I've, I've dealt with different food um, and dietary restrictions before. And now I'm lucky that um, like, I don't have to eliminate certain foods from my diet. Um, So sometimes I'll eat like more gluten. Sometimes it's like not feeling good for me, but my beautiful balance is just like eating what makes me feel good and doing what makes me feel good. And it, and recognizing that it's not the same every day, but just like really knowing myself and knowing what makes me feel good from day to day. That is what I think is my beautiful balance. Oh my gosh. What a beautifully intuitive way of approaching health and wellness and food. Oh my gosh. What an incredible way to end. Michelle, this was such a good conversation. Thank you so, so much for being on and sharing and Oh my gosh, this was more than I could have asked for with, you know, the mindset piece and really, really helping moms navigate having babies with food sensitivities beyond just the food. Mm -hmm. Well, I've had such a like really, really fun time talking to you, Kristen, everything from like talking about food to talking about mindset. It's all been really fun. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.